Good morning, afternoon, or evening, Dirtballs. Want to give you guys a heads up. We have created a GoFundMe for the beaning of... No, that's... It's okay, Andy. I know I know you're struggling with the concept, and a lot of people are struggling with the concept of this GoFundMe idea that actually somebody pointed me at, out to me. I don't know if you saw this. Somebody pointed out in our DMs that I mentioned this like a couple of weeks ago, and then somebody called back with my idea, and I was like, that's the greatest idea I've ever heard. So shout out to that dirtball who called in for tricking me into loving my own idea. But – uh, a lot, yeah, a lot of people are struggling with the concept of this GoFundMe. A lot of people are like, oh, we're going to pay millionaires fines. It's like, well, you know, some millionaires don't want to take the chance of losing their money. We're saying don't think about that. Think about the American pastime. Think about freedom. Think about patriotism. Think about right and wrong. Forget the fact that there's a fine involved. We're helping with the fine. We want to pay the fine because you have to do the right thing. Is, does that? This isn't a bounty program. We're not rewarding anybody for beaning somebody. My point is, if you want to bean somebody in your heart of hearts, if you know, if you're if you're channeling James Earl Jones in Fields of Dreams, if you hear him saying, baseball, Ray, baseball, and you want to hit somebody, but you're not going to do it because you're some triple A'er that's up to big leagues for one relief start and you're afraid of getting fined, well, don't worry. We here at the Dirty Sports, we got you. We have a GoFundMe set up to go towards fines for Astros players getting hit. We're not telling people to hit anybody. We're just saying if you do, we got your back. And that is in the description of this episode, the link on the GoFundMe. Okay, let's start today's show. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in lovely Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, Joe. How's it going? It's going all right. We uh, we had a little drama this morning. Did we? What was there, the drama? There was uh, the police... <clears throat> Excuse me. The police helicopter was already out. The sirens. Do we know what they were looking for? You're on Venice 311 at all? I did. There was nothing there. L- little little Monday morning, you know. Yeah. F- five a little, little Monday morning fuzz in the air. I like it. Little Monday morning fuzz. I didn't hear it. I uh, I for some reason could not sleep last night. Yeah. I think it's why I've, I've been sick, so I've been sleeping a lot during the day. Sure. Like I fell asleep for, I don't know, two two-hour naps yesterday during the day. And then I just couldn't sleep last night. You know what I have down? That 30-minute deep sleep nap, middle of the day. Yeah, it's good. It's good for you. I mean, Nick actually got, he got me on blast on Reddit. He got a picture of me taking one of those. (laughs) He posted a picture. My hands are down on my pants. You know, know, it's it's a cozy, comfortable feeling. Absolutely. You put your hands, you tuck the balls, 
And wait, uh, you went, you go under your balls? No, like you know, just my hands were in my jeans. Sure. The, the, while, while you were napping? There, there, were, there was a full cupping, and uh, he got me. He, no, I'm giving him credit. He got me good because I didn't notice it until like two days later. I hopped on the Dirty Sports Reddit, and there's me with a full, full handful. I mean, look at look at what Bilbo's done for you. The fact that you just said I hopped on the Dirty Sports Reddit. I mean, I, we're like this is a full 180 from like couple. I'm a fucking full the internet fucking Reddit. I don't care about all that. I don't Ang- remember, angry I, dad guy. I don't remember saying that. You're angry dad guy. Did I? Dude, you flipped out. What was with you flipping out on your brother on Twitter this weekend? She's so mad at your younger brother. He has the worst takes. I'm sorry. Like, I love my little brother, <laughs> but this is the joke with the family. His entertainment takes, movie. Like, what's his, like, what's his, like, go-to? Dude. If you guys sat around, and he was like, we got to watch. Dude, gr- my brother Greg will not let him hear the end of it, some of, some of the takes he's had. He said Four Brothers was a great movie. That was what, oh, is that like the Marky Mark Andre 3000 yeah. vehicle? Yeah. That's kind of hilarious. Like that, that's what I'm saying. Like that's one of his takes was four brothers. He loves Imagine Dragons. Okay. <laughs> like that's funny. Like he, his takes. He loves Imagine Dragons. His takes. <laughs> Throw that out there. His takes are the Nickelbacks. He's the Nickelback takes of entertainment. I've got a I, I've got a, a list of entertainment that I've been consuming since my uh, since my injury. I think I might even have to bring back the Joe Prano podcast just to do. Injury entertainment reviews. You know what I watched this weekend? I did two, um, s- two loose memoir type uh, movies from from thirty something Hollywood types. I did Honey Boy, which is the uh, Shia LaBeouf okay. childhood story, yeah. basically the story about his abusive father raising him in a in a motel outside uh, fucking Echo Park or something like that. And then last night. I watched uh, mid '90s, the uh, Jonah Hill mid '90s hip hop skateboarding movie. Both pretty good. Nice. Both pretty good. I got I got to get on a movie thing. I haven't watched uh, haven't watched anything for a while. Every night, I Andy comes home, and I'm like, you know, I got, I got the TV on, and I'm like, Yo, Andy, we're gonna watch a movie. We've been hinting at watching a movie for the past week now, and every night he's like, I'm an old I'm an old man going to bed. I watch I watch a movie. I would say I watch two to three movies a week. Like right before bed, if I'm if I get in bed and it's like, if I if I get settled in bed and I like turn on the TV and it's like ten thirty or if it's before eleven o'clock, I'm like fuck it, I have a time for a full film. Boom, movie. Last night I watched uh, uh, the Outsider, the HBO series, and then Avenue Five, which I can't believe I'm still watching. It's pretty trash. Um, and then I was like, oh, it's only like eleven ten. I was like, throw on this movie. Look, I, I, I'll get to a movie. I, I promise I will this week. You know, just just we've been busy. Four Brothers. Have you seen Four Brothers? I have not. Fifty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Fifty-two percent. Uh, by the way, we are going to discuss some sports in this show. I, I want to tease it up real quick. Later on, in probably just a few minutes, in the next twenty twenty-five minutes. We're going to have the creator of the 2020 Astros Shame Tour, the hugely popular Twitter feed, which now has over 151,000 Twitter followers. It's at Asterisk Tour. 
the founder, Brendan Donnelly, will be joining us, Joe. I'm very excited. I'm excited as well. His first ever podcast. Wow. Yeah. Exclusive. Exclusive. The LA Times. The LA Times did a story on him. The Washington Post. He is coming out for, is he coming, he's going to the first road game, I know that. He's going to uh, Oakland. He's going to Oakland. Is he also coming to California? I think so. We'll we'll have to ask him on the phone, but uh, I'm very excited. He's getting big press everywhere, and uh, yeah. Since we're, since it came up, since I just said the word angels, I have to ask, did you see Mike Trout hit a golf ball? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. I mean, the amount of different things I saw. And actually, I saw Asterix Tour retweet the best one I saw, which is Mike Trout if he knew what pitch was coming. I love that. Just, I mean, he literally hits it to the fucking moon. He hits it. It disappears into the night sky. Yeah. Those top golfs, you hit them. they're, They're very well lit. They're very self-contained. The entire point of Top Golf is to hit a golf ball, see where it lands, get scored on it. Yeah, have it. he hits it, it disappears. He, it's you know what it reminded me of the Millennium Falcon going into overdrive. It just <laughs> it just disappears from the dark hyperspace. Yeah, hyperspace exactly. What did I say? Overdrive, overdrive. basically what they call it in every light. single other fucking. It's called light speed, guys. S- sci-fi movie. Okay, Nick's actually right. Light space, whatever. Light, light speed. speed, light speed. Jesus, and I call myself a Star Wars fan. There, there are people cringing right now. Thoroughly, they call it, they do call it hyperspace in Star Wars, don't they? They go into hyperspace. Yeah, yeah. That's what I need. Yeah, a Millennium Falcon. What a great name, by the way. C- can we talk about like the names of Star Wars? Just. Everything about that franchise, just the names, man. Drugs, man. The 70s, drugs were on another level. You're just hanging out up in the fucking San Francisco Bay Area. You think it was drugs? A hundred percent. You're telling me some guy was just, some just fucking regular dude is sitting there going, Bubba Fett. Like, that's not a, fu- those, are, that's not, those aren't sounds that you put together. Chewbacca. Yeah, Chewbacca. Wookiees. Well, yeah, what what, what kind of sound did Chewbacca make? It's like, he's going to be like, oh, you know what I mean? Come on, that's all Bay Area, 70s. That's acid, man. That's the fucking, yeah. you know, that's the Merry Pranksters and all that shit up there. That was some, that's Tim Leary. Here's that's a, just heavy psychedelic. Here's a question for you. If uh, Mike Trout was on acid, could he still hit a baseball? I, I think Mike Trout, if Mike Trout played an entire season on acid and knew what pitch was coming every time, I think he'd hit 95 home runs. On acid. Yeah. If you knew a pitch was coming, dude, you're seeing dragons. He's like, but but the dragon's going to throw me a fastball. Yes. I'll hit a home run. <laughs> I mean, just remember Doc Ellis? Doc Ellis drew a fucking no-hitter. On acid. Yeah. There's a great documentary about that. And Doc Ellis ain't the goat. Yeah. Mike Trout. Pacing. Yeah, right? Pacing as the goat. I'm such a Mike Trout fan, which is the first time I've ever said that in my history about anybody from fucking South Jersey. Anybody that calls himself a Philadelphia fan. How many more years does Trout have to give to, like, achieve that? Does he have just only... Well, obviously, we know that there's cheddar dickery out there forever that, like, if the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim don't win a World Series, somehow that's on him for for having, like, a better... for, For... taking shits with a higher career war than Derek Jeter. Uh, 
But, I mean, if you're going to go, like, the baseball is such a statistical and such a numbers game. Like, to me, if Trout wins, you know, a couple more MVPs and has the highest career war, whenever that happens, like, he's the fucking GOAT. Yeah. Because you know what? This is something that never really happened until the internet. Like, the whole nonsense of, like, oh, rings and all that. Like, our childhood, like, forever, like, pre-internet. Do you remember people like the greatest hitter who have ever lived, Ted Williams? Like they just they just said that yeah. all the time. The greatest living ball player. Like Ted Williams didn't win shit. Well, here's what happened, Joe. This I agree with you, by the way. I think what happened was the whole ring discussion. It was the whole Michael Jordan, and then it bled from Michael Jordan across sports. So well, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's it's it's. Jordan slurpers, Brady slurpers, but Jordan slurpers never. Jordan slurpers always wanted completely act like Bill Russell didn't fucking exist. Oh, oh, Bill Russell and nine other dudes. There, Jordan is tied for tenth all time in rings. Yeah, tied for tenth. I didn't know that. If, th- like, the reason the ring argument is horrible is because I don't think Jim Loskadoff. Is better than Michael Jordan. Who? Jim Loskadoff. That's a guy. Yeah, you just made somebody up. No, I it's I as a baseball fan, I've always found it hilarious that there's a guy. His name, his last name is spelled Los, L O S, like Los Angeles, cut off, like like a cut off throw. Jim Loskadoff has, I believe, nine or ten rings because he was, you know, on it. He shared a color jersey with. Bill Russell, better than Jordan. We gotta get your knee healthy, man. We got we got some of these ideas of of you taking on the world with these arguments. I, hey, I don't need to need a fucking serve a Jordan fan. Rings, you can do. I th- need I need to find like I need to find if there's black and white grainy footage of Jim Loskadoff sitting on a bench, and then I need to digitally enhance him going. Just doing the ten rings gif. Doing the ten ring Kobe gif. Somebody tweeted out last week, or like the ten, the th- the way that Tom Brady has the the, the six. Yeah. Somebody tweeted out last week. It was really funny. It was actual highlights. It said, uh, "It said this is the era that Bill Russell won his eleven ring." It was just this in the era. Yeah, bro. It was a bunch of white guys in a layup line. It it was real. It was a legit. Real game footage from that era, and no lie, it was all white guys doing layups. Yeah, and look, you can only do what you can do, right? Yeah. Like, there's Bill Russell was never given an option to play, nor was Michael Jordan. Nor was Michael Jordan given an option to play against these guys today. Which yeah. I'm sure everything I know about Michael Jordan, he'd fucking love it. Yeah, he, he's certainly a psychotic competitor, and would have and would love to compete. You know, if Michael Jordan could snap his fingers, be 27 again, put his legacy on the line and play LeBron, I think he would do it. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's only so much you can do. That's why judging people on, you know, their rings is horrific and dumb. Um, Before, I know we're getting ready to call Astros guy. We can call him in about 10 minutes. Okay, great. 
Um, since we were already, since we just went down a rabbit hole based solely on a tweet of Mike Trout demolishing a golf ball, made me want to golf, honestly. Um, yeah, right. Can we talk about another tweet? I feel like this weekend a lot happened in the Twitter sphere and and in whatever. Uh, Tom Brady and Edelman sitting courtside. Yeah, Edelman saying he's coming back. Tom Brady to everybody in the world except Patriots fans saying no, I'm not. Patriots fans saying this guy. I don't know. <laughs> like, the the unbelievable Patriots fans are like no, he says he says this guy. You're like what? Uh, he Tom Brady clearly is kind of upset with Edelman for doing this. Kind definitely shaking his head and You think he was upset in the moment? He seemed pretty he seemed pretty perturbed, right? Or was it a whole thing that they planned out? I don't know. Then there's the revert did you see the reverse shot? Then FaceTiming Vrabel? Yeah. Is Tom does Tom Brady go to the Titans? I think Brady's just trolling everybody. Brady to the Titans is one we haven't talked about. A no. lot of people have talked about. A which lot is, of, it's gaining traction. That's kind of a fun one. It is a fun one. That is the that it's, it's the ideal situation. It's the ideal situation because Brady essentially doesn't give up. The fear the the, the reason I think most people, including myself probably, think Brady goes back to the Patriots is because he doesn't want ex- to be exposed yeah. as being always a product of the Belichick system. Sure. He goes to the Raiders. He's trash. Like everybody else that goes to the Raiders, his legacy is shit. And, uh, you, you go to the, you go to the Titans. You're essentially going to an early two thousands Patriots with a Patriots coach Great defense. Great defense. Running with game. A crazy running game with a game offense that you, you just have to manage. I mean, you had fucking Ryan Tannehill can do it. That should be that's that's like a. I mean, think about this. That's like a what you call it commercial, like one of those. Uh, what are those commercials that are like an hour long? You know, they're a fucking infomercial. Infomercial. Yeah. I'm getting so old these days. I can't remember fucking words. Like uh an infomercial catchphrase like if Ryan Tannehill can do it you can do it (laughs) (laughs) slap chap like slapping the fucking masking it's so easy Ryan Tannehill can do it yeah Uh, well I mean they went to the AFC championship game with Ryan Tannehill last year Ryan Tannehill took him to the AFC championship game if Ryan Tannehill can do it you can do it Phil Swift yeah yeah the the Titans move is really interesting. And obviously, I'll be honest, there's just so much coming out every single day. The speculations, the rumors. I'm kind of over it. But it's so it's it's just so juicy. It's juicy. I just want to see something happen. I just want to know where does Brady end up? Where's our boy Jameis end up? Tug's on the Jameis. Tug's got his finger on the Jameis pulse this morning. He was sending us early morning texts about Jameis leaving Tampa Bay. The reports are now that the the Bucks are moving on. Well there 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 are numerous reports about that. Everyone has uh which a lot of people think is a negotiation tactic by the Bucks to not have to pay Jameis because they're not able to franchise him because they're franchising Shaq instead. Um I love it. The, get, Jameis to the Raiders is the one we need. Well, as a 2020 Los Angeles Chargers season ticket holder, 
You're you're really hoping for Brady to the Chargers. And I'm also on edge. Think about this. The options for the Chargers next year right now at quarterback are Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Worst possible option probably. I am not if you ask he who shall not be named. <laughs> Drafting somebody. Tom Brady, Jameis Winston. Nick Foles is now becoming available. Uh obviously Philip Rivers is gone, but like Teddy Bridgewater. There is a free agent class out there. I'll say this. We drove by the new stadium on Friday. Nick and I did. Oh, in LA. So fine. We that's the first time I've driven by it. Oh my God. Yeah. This thing. Have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's this. It's about. It, it reminded me of uh, Jerry Dome a little bit. It reminded me of Jerry Dome as far as the the massive size, but the look of it sticks out like a thumb. I yeah. mean, it is mind blowing. And also, I didn't realize it was. It's right next to the forum. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the forum uh, later on in the show with the Clippers. Owner Steve Ballmer looking to buy it. It's right next to the forum. And I'll tell you what, Joe. I don't know how it's going to be done. It it looks like there has to be so much work done. That Taylor Swift concert, which is supposed to open the venue, is in June. July, I believe. Oh, okay, July. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, Joe, if you were going to go to Taylor Swift in July, where would you get those tickets? I can say, honestly which I, I only do honest endorsements of our ads, but I can say honestly that I have looked for Taylor Swift tickets on SeatGeek. That's right. Guys, SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. Then it rates them on a scale of 1 to 10. What I love about SeatGeek is they have that interactive map, which is great for a new stadium like SoFi Stadium. You've never been there. I've never been there. You could go on the map and see where exactly you're going to be sitting. Guys, I have SeatGeek. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the fastest and easiest way to find tickets. Joe's been looking for Taylor Swift tickets. I have. I've been scouting tickets for Rams games as well because I'm curious, so I've been checking that out. And uh, the best part is SeatGeek will even give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. Okay, so we, we teased it up. I'd love to get uh, Brendan on the phone. So once again, we have... Share the... Uh, the uh, Of course. Twitter feed again. What is it? It's asterisk. It's at tour. asterisk tour. tour. Right. A-S... T-E-R-I-S-K, Tor. Which, as anybody who listens to this show and is on Twitter knows, it is uh, a, a rapidly growing feed that essentially is Brendan, who we're, we're about to talk to, does a great job of being, um, you know, a, a cultivator of anti-Astros content on the internet today. I mean, if you would just put in Astros on Twitter... They're the second account that comes up. Really? Behind the Astros? Behind the Astros, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, he 
created this feed, I believe February 15th, and we'll ask him on the phone here. <coughs> it now has, I'm looking, 151,000 plus followers. Great. So, so the, the thirst for... What am I looking for, Joe? The thirst for the 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 the, the bloodthirst. That's bl- what you're looking yes, for. Yes, that's the term. The bloodthirstiness of fans toward the Houston Astros. Everybody needs a place to be. Everybody needs a place to congregate and share their anger. And that's we what- we tried to capitalize on this, obviously, in in our own way, in supporting, you know, players by we we've obviously get started a GoFundMe for to help. The uh, players that that might get fined by beating Astros players again, like I said in the pre-roll, this is not a bounty program. We're not endorsing them. We just want them to not think about the fines. Sure, we want to help. If if you want to do it anyway, yeah, we're going to help with the fines. But uh, the Astros, the 2020 Astros Shame Tour, run by Brendan, who we're about to talk to, is essentially a place for all of us to call, come together and. Uh, and have all the content we could possibly need regarding how shitty the Astros are and how and and how it's going for them this offseason. So let's get Brendan here on the phone and uh, see how all this started. Brendan, are you there, my friend? Yeah, I'm there. Awesome. Brendan, you have Andy Ruther here from the Dirty Sports Podcast, of course, and my co-host on my left, Joe Prano. Brendan, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm uh, happy to talk about Astros and uh, enjoyed the clip you guys sent the other day. Just kind of seeing all these different outlets talking about all the stuff going on, the the, the signs the fans have, and uh, it's pretty wild uh, kind of to see, yeah, everybody chime in on it. So, Brendan, let's just start from the beginning. How and why, you you know, like, like all us baseball fans, this Astros thing is just infuriating. But what made you say, okay, I'm I'm starting a fresh Twitter account just for this sole purpose? Yeah, so it was maybe <clears throat> two weeks ago, I think. Uh, it was like, I think like the 13th in February. And uh, I mean, I found myself sitting around watching a lot of the uh, YouTube stuff. Like, you know, the stories come out and you read the stories about what happened and you know, the punishments that came down and, and, but it, it, it sort of seems like it could go away. And, and I kind of hated that feeling that to me, this is a huge scandal and a, a horrible thing in, in the sport I love. And, you know, as we know, there's a lot of scandals in politics or in sports and sometimes they just fall by the wayside. So I was like, I, I, I hate that. It was eating away at me a little bit. And, um, and I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Yankees fan or a Dodgers fan. I'm just, I'm a Cubs fan and a baseball fan. So it just sort of offended me. Um, Manfred's, to me, in action, basically, on the thing. So, so anyway, I, I'm, I'm thinking, well, maybe I can throw my two cents in, but I don't have a platform for that. And, uh, you know, I have a bla- baseball blog, but it's not big enough to really, you know, throw a two cents in that matters. So uh, I, I think that what really kind of put the idea in my head and set it off was seeing the, the players show up for um, pitchers and catchers report, and then all the main kind of star players got, got to uh, Arizona and Florida. And you see Chris Bryant, you see Mike Trout, all these guys uh, uh, chiming in and saying, like, really, uh, maybe not aggressive comments, but very candid, very, you know, uh, just honest about how they felt about, like, how bad this scandal was. And, and I think it was at that moment that you can feel like, okay, this goes beyond, you know, the stories you read. And also even, even like, beyond the stories, there'd be 
the Michael K show was talking about the, the whole thing and the outrage and Dan Patrick show. And, you know, you sit in your house watching, watching these clips, kind of vicariously getting in on this uh, outrage, but it doesn't feel like enough. And then, and then when the players came through, that was, that was kind of the moment it felt like it would really be a thing. It's not going to go away. It's going to happen all year. And uh, so, yeah, from, it was right around that day that I said, well, let me just start an account and retweet Chris Bryant's rant, not rant, but you know, uh, his, his thoughts, his Steve Darvish, all these, all these people chiming in, and then maybe I can make some content. Um, I think the first thing I made was I took uh, around that day. I think was the the sort of apology the guys gave the the Astros guys and that, um, that half-assed apology. Right, the whole mealy mouth. Uh, you know, we have remorse. Uh, we were told to say the word remorse, right? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just watching that being like, you know, that's how you give an apology. You, you know, we might not forgive you, but maybe we will. We will. Sure. I mean, maybe if you really come out contrite enough, we, maybe we would, you know, we move on. But they didn't do anything like that. And, and even the next day, Correa is coming out kind of cursing at the camera, telling Bellinger to F off and all this stuff. And yeah. It's just uh, it's well, outrageous. That, so anyway, that I'm seeing that and, thing, I'm, and I'm yeah. going. So I made this little video of um, it was that song, uh, Too Late to Apologize. Uh, what is that? Uh, one one Republic. Republic. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, and it was just a 20-second video of, the, like, sort of little clips of Springer, uh, Altuve, Jim Crane doing their little fake, apology fake apologies tour. with the music over it. So anyway, so I did that. I like a little, like, kind of funny content like this that I could put out or, or other – I know other people are going to be putting out stuff. So could I, could I compile these or curate this at all? And sort of just started doing that and and it, and it started to grow it was promising but not blowing up and, and and it was nice too that when i talk about like retweeting other people it was nice like my assumption was right that there were other people that are all trying to like you know make signs and make funny jokes about this and so i was like scouring the the, the twitter for, for stuff like that and to, to see what was out there and uh so anyway i was growing and then it just took off like I don't know, like eight or nine days after that. Was um, it the, I think it was, if I can hop in here, Peter King, didn't he, did he retweet or quote tweet you, right? Because he has over two million yeah, followers. Yeah, well, he was sort of the second that, I mean, I had gotten to a thousand in a week, which like blew my mind. I thought, I mean, in my experience, it's so hard on Twitter. Like anyone that's on Twitter knows like it's, yeah. you put a lot of earnest work in, it's still like really hard. So sure. I, it's, I've done that before and it's, I, you, you know, you just, I'm so grateful to get the stroke of luck here and uh but yeah. uh so the tweet was a clip i took from tom verducci talking to mlb network about kershaw in the world series in 2017 pitching 51 off-speed pitches without one swing and miss and and that had been out for a few days but like not really the, the video wasn't really going around it was somebody had quote that maybe verducci tweeted the uh the quote or somebody did so i, I just took the clip I didn't think it was really that. It was. It's really interesting. It's. It's very damning yeah. to the Astros. But I don't know. I. I just sort of put it up, <laughs> and it just the next morning my my phone was like I woke up as if an alarm to my phone going crazy and I had no idea what was going on. I checked. I scrolled down at John Heyman, who's I don't know if and will be. I don't know who he's with. He was the first to to tweet it, to retweet it, and then I, I guess Peter King um, saw it from there, and. Uh, yeah, so I've just been at it since then, trying to, you know, keep it going and keep keep see what the conversation is, uh, so how it's playing out. Let, you can just follow the real world stuff. See, you know, games are going on in spring training, so 
as much as I can come up with content or all these other really funny people online can like, you know, chime in and make their jokes, you know, in the first week of it, it's just press conferences. No one's, no one's playing. And then all of a sudden, you know, these guys are in the sunlight in Florida every day playing. There's people watching them. There's people yelling at them. And so suddenly you get this, you get this, like, you know, it's almost, it's almost, you know, there's like a metaphor of, we're not a metaphor, but people talk about bringing something out of the shadows or, you know, Bringing something to light, and that's well. Since you said that, all Brennan, these day baseball games in the Sunshine State. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off when you go to your uh, page, which is again asterisk tour at asterisk tour on Twitter. Your log line is one year to shame them all, one year to jeer them, one year to boo them all, and from your seat deride them. Obviously, like you said, you're sort of a content curator of a lot of the Astros. Uh, venom online and like you said you're creating your own content and mixing it in there what is if if uh, if i had to ask you for a brief uh log line what is the end game here like what would you like to see happen this year what is the most important thing for you in starting this what do you want to see like the fans how do you want to see the fans punish the astros in a way that baseball hasn't well, I'll tell you, I guess the one goal, if it had to be one thing, it's Rob Manfred has got to go. He's got to go. Amen. I mean, Amen. That's the goal. I don't stop until Manfred is out. And I uh, hope he doesn't hear this and try to get my account shut down. But I have to say, he's got to go. Um, I understand all the complications with the union, the players' union, and this thing and that thing. And, oh, you know, you can hem and haw about, right, like legal technicalities. But at the end of the day, like, there's got to be a way to. You know, if that's all true, if he's that hamstrung, take the title away. Give us something. We yeah. are all we love this game. We love this major league baseball organization. But you kind of left us all hanging, and everybody feels that way. So yeah, I would say there's a lot of goals. There's a lot of goals to document what goes on. There's a lot of goals to you know get through to the Astros players that that we don't approve of what they did. But if you had to get ask me one one goal, I have to say. We've gotta we've gotta have a coup here and I nominate John Boy to replace Rob Manfred officially. <laughs> well as a Mets fan, he, he I, I don't think king. I can endorse a a, a big time Yankee fan, but I like <laughs> but I like but I like it being somebody from the internet who has no you know, he doesn't have the politics that, that a lot of these guys are in there. Now, obviously this is reminiscent of the way a lot of people felt about Bud Selig during and after the steroid scandal, it seemed like something he not only supported, but sort of propped up and then pretended like he didn't know about. And then I know I'm a huge baseball guy who essentially stepped away from the game for 10 years because I was so annoyed with how that was handled. This feels a lot like it because if you're not going to punish these guys, what am I watching here? Are you old enough to uh, have been greatly affected by the steroid scandal, and do you feel about Manfred sort of the way we all felt about Selig when that happened? Yeah, I mean, I would say that's a big motivation. Um, I mean, maybe subconsciously, but for the for the account and, and my, I mean, even without that, I just seeing deceitfulness go on bothers me. But but especially, yeah, I mean, I grew up. Um, I don't really remember like the '98 home run uh, stuff, but um, but after that, all those. Jason Giambi years and um, I mean Sammy so I love Sammy Sosa but yeah I mean I'm I, I wouldn't really stick up for um, the steroid stuff and uh, and it was nice that you know if you notice in 2016 uh, when the Cubs won he really wasn't around and I feel like 
even if it's my own team, it's you know if somebody does wrong, just you know don't. It's it's, it's odd seeing a lot of Astros fans, and look, maybe a lot of them are are uh, kind of turning on the team, but a lot of them are still supporting them. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah, the steroid stuff. I, I mean, I remember Derby in Milwaukee, and Giambi's uh, just crushing home runs. We were in the bleachers, and my friends and I were all yelling steroids like a. Uh, sort of a chant, and didn't really get the crowd going, but we, we were trying. But you're so, trying, yeah, you're of, trying that now with the, uh, yeah, you, you, I'm trying to you're trying to bring in a little, a little more passion to it this time. Yeah, well, and this, as you said, that you were saying you kind of stopped following it for a while, and you're so, whatever the word is, heartbroken or disgusted by it. It's, it, it was arguably worse then because it's so many people and it's all the superstars, and yeah, it's, you feel so like oh, gross about the league. But but the one good thing about this is. It's so narrow and it's so isolated. Whether or not there's some other teams that that were being sneaky, or what like, we'll find out or whatever. But but as of right now, the fact that it was this whole team, everybody on the team, everybody around the league not associated with their team is it's just like you know outrage and all this stuff. So at least we can, you know, commiserate or unify or whatever you want to call it in a way that with steroids, it's just so like. Be supposed to do other than you can tune out, but then you don't have baseball anymore, right? And, or you can tune in and you got to like watch Barry Bonds. Now, are you taking break. are you taking your anger to the streets? Will you be at Astros games? Will you be putting your money where your mouth is, essentially? And will you be jeering them and shaming them and booing them personally, or are you just trying to rile up other folks to do it? Uh, well, first, I don't know if I'm trying to rile them. Well. Kind of, yes and no. I mean, the main goal isn't to rile them up, but it's kind of to document it. And, and uh, not that I'm against it, but it's it's like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm happy if the Astros kind of hear it. Um, but personally, I don't think I'm not much of a heckler, um, but I'll be at the games. I'll be not at all of them, but I, I kind of, once this thing got big and I saw the response and that there's this whole collective group, I thought, you know, okay, I'm guess, going to Oakland. I guess, I'm going to the first road game. Good, and I guess what Joe's asking, because uh, our listeners, known as Dirtballs here on the show, <laughs> I, I want to have this, and I know you and I briefly spoke yesterday on the phone. Like well, there's, I said, a, there's a meetup, yeah. That, that's what Los I'm saying. Los Angeles, the Dirtballs are coming out. That, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do, Brendan, let's do Anaheim, the Angels home opener, which I believe is April 3rd. Against the Astros, I'm putting out the dirtball bat signal to all the dirtballs. There's a nice parking lot. It's big and it's expansive in Anaheim. Let's do a whole meetup. Even if you can't go to the game, let's let's do this shame Astros tour. I love it. Brendan, you're going to be there, correct? Just think about the picture alone. Even if everyone doesn't have a ticket, just to have – you got a picture of a couple hundred people, like a tailgate type picture. I mean – it Love says it. something. It's it's yeah yeah. I'll, and, be, I'll and, be at Anaheim and Oakland, and I don't know. Beyond that, I might go to the, you know, the cool thing. People talk about the Yankees because that'll be the craziest, you know, shaming uh, for sure uh, venue. But it's in like late uh, September, I think. But the thing is, the Astros play the Mets in early June. So, I mean, Yankees fans are <laughs> it's right next to Yankee Stadium, pretty much. So they're going to be out there. And, well, I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, Oakland, Anaheim, and then the Mets, and honestly, even when the Yankees go to Houston, I'm thinking. I mean, I don't know if I personally want to go to Houston, but in in a general sense, I think Yankees fans are going to fly down there and oh yeah, kind of give it to them. 
Well, I, I'm happy to be your uh, heckling Sherpa since you said you're not much of a heckler. I can. T- I, 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 I heckled Adam Hamari for three and a half consecutive hours last year in Texas. I am a. I'm sort of a heckle champion. If you what need. was your line of the day? Oh, we had. I had. I had dozens of them. But like, uh, what I've said to dirt balls and people have called in and said, "What are we supposed to say to the Astros?" It's important that you still never ruin the experience of going to a baseball game for a kid who might be there for the first time. So yeah. I always say, "Don't swear." you know don't get dirty but like you know i was screaming nonsensical things like adam hamari thinks cvs receipts aren't long enough um <laughs> well, it's like that hunter pence stuff when everyone was goofing on him like five years ago yeah exactly like for no reason he's the nicest guy and they all had hunter pence doesn't return his blockbuster card and I, 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 I'm always still a big fan of just uh, somebody's name and you suck. Like I was just going, Hamari, 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 you suck repeatedly for like a full inning just to yeah, let him know that name. we're there. Just, yeah. just get an Altuve going and it's but like a, a razzing Altuve. Without I think the, even just screaming what pitch is coming while the Astros are up, right. just throw them off. It's a fastball! Well, um, people have been sending me stuff like, oh, do you want to do merch? And I mean, I really don't want to, but I mean, I hope there's somebody that does cool merch. I don't want to be like selling stuff, but... But it's also complicated because somebody, you know, sent these little garbage can things with an Astros on there, asterisks on there. And I'm going like, yeah, that looks cool. But, I mean, can you bring a metal garbage can into like – like it was small. But I don't sure. think you get that past security. You get whack somebody in the head with that. So hopefully somebody comes up with uh, something cool. The, the, the coolest one I've seen is, uh, you know, the foam fingers that people used to have. There's like a foam asterisk that this guy actually made it back in the day for the Barry Bonds stuff. And he's, he told me he's going to remake it. Ooh, that's and cool. And I don't know if he's for real. I, he just sort of sent a picture of the old one. It, maybe you can't even take those in. But that among I've seen, a lot of the shirts are a little cringeworthy. And I don't know if they, people would buy these shirts. But the Aster, the Asterix foam, foam Asterix, it was pretty cool. So um, not really a plug. But if he makes it, like I'm looking forward to that. Sure. Um, I've got to ask you one more thing. In terms of, you know, the, the Asterix you're saying, like, you know, you don't want to do merch and, you know, you're not sure if you're going to go to the game like in Houston or whatever. I, the the fear, obviously, of going to Houston is that it seems like Houston fans are still on this. Everybody cheats. They're, they're the new Patriots fans. Everybody cheats. We're Everybody was doing this. We're just like whatever. Have you seen any defense of the Astros from non-Astros fans? From non-Astros fans, yeah. Like, um, have you seen? No. Have you seen somebody who's like trying to be reasonable and being no. like, "This is." I've c- seen a couple of Astros fans be reasonable. The most of the ones who have interacted with me are just like cringeworthy weirdos. Yeah. And I don't say that to like just disparage people. Like, I like a good fight. If somebody has some good banter and they're, they have sure. a good criticism of me, I'll mix it up or let them let them come at me. But they're sort of just saying like, you know, fake followers, or they're saying like, Astros, we still have our ring, and you're going like, "Hey, man, like, have a good day." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And like this clever um as much as you say there's you know they're they're the new patriots fans i have to think there's a there's a uh what do you call it a silent majority or i don't know if it's a majority i don't know but i think there's like a lot of astros fans that have turned on them and i'm going to sort of investigate that over the next few days and uh anybody i know i know like one person from houston so i'm going to text them and see like you know what's the deal is is what's the deal behind the scenes on the streets in houston is, is it really are they that much of a like in denial or a homer doing homerism for the team or 
Because we don't know. We see the people on Twitter, but yeah. Well, I'll give what, you. What, I'll give you a social media. I'll give you a social media tip, Brendan. Instead of texting your friend in Houston, you should put out a tweet to your 151,000 followers well, saying, true. "Are you a Houston Astros fan?" Who's who's you know not on the team side? Love to hear from you because it would yeah, be interesting. Yeah, you might get like it would be interesting of, to see what comes under that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I might pe- do that if people are you know if there are Houston fans who are vocally saying yeah I'm you know I'm taking the year off or I'm you know I've I've I've, I've switched my fandom until X amount of guys are gone or whatever. Right, and I, I have to imagine such a it's such an, a clear. Uh, violation. What what they did. There's times. There's a scandal where, well, but this or that. And yeah, the, know, when you see the video with the garbage can, I feel like Astros fans. They're not like conscious, uh, conscienceless people. Um, a lot of them have to. Like if I saw that with the Cubs, I'd be heartbroken. But I go, gosh, I can't watch this team at least yeah. a year. You know. So. No, I feel you, man. And and that's uh, that that's where, to me, it's it's very tribalistic in a way. Like just put your affiliation aside, do it for, for common decency. Your team cheated. They got caught. The whole championship and also the year surrounding it are frauds. And if you can't see that, then you're a fraud. And, and uh, th- that's where we're at. And if you're an Astros fan listening to this, look, it's a tainted title. There's no other way around it. And obviously you're shedding light on that. Uh, Brendan. We're going to have to get moving, but it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Is there any other parting words you, you want to get out there? Again, everybody, please follow at asterisk. It's tough for me to say. Asterisk. Asterisk. Yeah. The 2020 Astro Shame Tour on Twitter. You People do think asterisk ends in an X. So, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Is, is there anything else? A-S-T-E-R-I-S-K tour. There you go. Is there anything yeah. else you want to get out there before you get off? The only thing is... If you can clip the uh, my nomination for John Boy, that that well, first that our our goal here is to oust uh, Manfred in a coup, uh, you know, peaceful coup, and uh, peaceful that John coup. Boy take over. I uh, I say get the clip of that out because I want uh, I want our guy John Boy kicked it all off. So. I'll, I'll be honest, though, the guy sitting on my left, Joe Prano, I, I might want to nominate him for commissioner. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, I I've said you know, VP. I, I would have said that many times over the years. I would have said Joe Prano for commission. Now, Brendan, my thing is, we've had so many commissioners really drop the ball, pun intended. Uh, that I'm like, let's get rid of the let's get rid of the commissioner altogether. Let's make it some sort of board. Let's make it let let's have it so that there's multiple people so that one person can't fuck things up for everybody so the dirt ball board yeah yeah and and brennan I'd, I'd be happy to have you on it and john boy uh, i like this like, you know. like it's kind of like the supreme court where you're gonna have eight or nine people right yeah the, the supreme court has nine justices you're gonna have eight or nine people to come up with a a group decision yeah like you know you, the the fear is there's that there's always somebody you know one person's always going to have their bias yeah. we make john boy commissioner suddenly there's a rule every fence except for yankee stadium's got to be major league distance <laughs> and you know yankee stadium can still have their 285 foot right field pole yeah. that is mismarked as 313 or whatever it is they get the first draft pick every year yeah yeah draft. Um, Brendan, before you go, I want to ask: How do you feel about our uh, our GoFundMe supporting? We're not supporting the hitting of players. We're just supporting the. We we just want people. We just want the pitchers of other teams to know that we're there for some financial support. Should they get fined in doing something that they wanted to do anyway? 
Yeah, I said to uh, Andy before, I think it's pretty funny. My only, um, and and there being a GoFundMe kind of related to this whole thing, it's got it's got to be a thing. My only my only comment was that uh, I don't know if the average person would want to like bail out with money, uh, you know, a millionaire pitcher that that threw at the guy, and you could argue it's almost like we're sort of like paying people to hit the pitchers, even though we're paying them after the fact for the punishment. So I guess I guess yeah, be, be careful on that front. But uh, I mean, it could be a you could you could revise it or remix it or or just keep it the same. But but another idea would be, you know, if some sort of fan go streaking with, you know, an asterisk uh, Ooh, sign on yeah. his private parts, and he goes, he gets some sort of punishment. Now, again, you could argue we're, like, we're promoting you know, this. paying him to do yeah. that, too. So maybe, like, on the, rec- on the record, I, 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 uh, I disavow, but... But that could be that could be maybe one that would resonate with fans even more. You're such a commissioner already. On he, the record, I disavow. But also, if somebody could disavow, if I, if somebody could naked run, <laughs> if somebody could paint an asterisk on their genitalia and run through the stadium, I love you would be against it. I love it. Well, Brendan, it was a pleasure having you on the show again. You're doing God's work here with your 2020 Astros Shame Tour. Again, that's at asterisk tour. Go check that out on Twitter follow for sure we'll be in touch brendan and uh we can't we can't wait to meet you in about a month at yeah. uh, angel yeah. stadium yeah keep up the good work yeah it'll be great i don't know uh, maybe all three games but certainly uh yeah the one game it'll be uh it'll be a riot so awesome well Not thanks literally. well thanks brendan and uh we'll be in touch bud yeah take care guys right, bye bye brendan is like brendan is serious about this that's what that that's the number one thing that i took away this he is committed to this on like a business like level. Love it. Like he, you know, he's he's very careful. He's treating this like he's the CEO of a, of a corporation devoted to shaming the Astros. There's a lot of party lines. Uh, he's he's careful not to you know say things one way or the other. You know, um, and I like it because the the approach on Twitter can can definitely. Uh, on the internet in general, on social media these days, can definitely tend to go to pitchforks behavior. And uh, Brendan is definitely taking this from a, a, a way more serious approach. Yeah. And I like it because unlike the Astros team themselves the last couple of years, it gives his Twitter feed legitimacy. It gives it honesty. It does. It gives it him saying, you know, I'm not out here trying to make money off merch, make money off merch, stir up anger. He's not trying to stir up anger. He's just saying these guys need to be shamed for what happened. They need to be punished for what happened. And if Rob Manfred's not going to punish them for what happened, we, the people will punish them for what happened. And him saying, obviously, like I said, what is your, what is your end game here to punish Rob Manfred who has not, punished yeah. the Astros, which obviously you know I'm for. I've been on the f- I, I've only recently um pivoted from my Fire Manfred campaign to kill the commissioner kill the commissioner's office in general. Um but yeah that uh maybe, maybe yeah, I'm gonna take Brendan's approach. Let's eliminate the word kill. Let's say let's just use the word dismantle or eliminate Kay. the commissioner's office. Yeah. See he's already rubbing off on me. Yeah. You're like you don't want this. You don't want some dirt ball 
assassinating the commissioner. No. You disavow assassination. I disavow that talk. <laughs> I, I, I love it, though, and I look forward to that. And, guys, we're for real. Whether you can go to the game or not, opening day for the Angels, I believe, again, is April 3rd against the Astros. Show up outside the ballpark. If you can't go, we'll have a whole meetup. I've already talked to Brandon. We're going to get a whole group of people, dirt balls, non-dirt balls, just a huge meetup. And yeah, I'd like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a couple things out there, Andy, for for what the dirt, how the dirt balls can help. One, we're gonna go April third or whatever the first game of that series is in Anaheim. We're gonna go to the Angels game. If you want to be involved, come get a ticket. Uh, we'd love you to be there. If you can't afford a ticket you, and you're in the Southern California area, you want to meet us in the ballpark and, like Brendan said, just be a part of some picture to show strength, come on down. Two, I agree with Brendan. Like, go to, I'm going to New York for that Mets series. I'm, I want to be there. Now that he's mentioned it, I'm like, yeah. So go to Astros road games or home games if you have those kind of balls yeah. and, and make – your displeasure known, and if you're a dirt ball, share it with us. Yeah, tweet it at us. Tweet your video. Tweet a picture of your sign that you take to a road or home Astros game, and say, "This is what I'm doing," and we will share it. Obviously, and hopefully, our our friend who is is compiling all anti Astros content will also share it. Tag us and ta- tag Brendan at Astros Tour, and let's get let's continue this. Continue stirring the pot. And then, of course, there's also our GoFundMe, which I will say again, for legal reasons, is not a bounty program. We are not asking anybody to hit Astros players. We are just saying if they do that themselves, we are there for financial support. No one should be punished financially for hitting an Astros player this year. And if they are, I don't care if they're a millionaire. Millionaires earn their money, too. I I think it's wrong, whether it be a first-day major leaguer or a long-time major leaguer, if you drill an Astros player, the idea that a player will be punished more for hitting an Astros player than any Astros player was for cheating for multiple seasons is wrong, and I am here to support the cause. Yeah, We have a GoFundMe up to, to pay fines. Well, Joe, I, I'm liking this. I'm really liking this. We, we've taken something bad this whole Astros shame title. And we've now, you know what we've turned it into? We're turning it into a dirtball group meetup. We're, We're turning, turning it, in, it into people get, coming together. That's right. A yeah. nice social event, Angel Stadium, that cool, nice, warm. Cool and warm. That's what it is in, that's what it is in Orange County. It's cool and warm. Well, you know what I'm saying? You got the cool breeze by the ocean, yeah. but you also got that warm sun all just hitting the parking lot outside Angel Stadium. And I believe we're going to be there drinking some nice, cold, crisp Miller Lights. I certainly hope so. I mean, I know I don't, I don't know if they're available in the stadium, but I know they'll be available in the parking lot. Anywhere I am watching baseball, there will be Miller Light being consumed because Miller Light is, in my opinion, the only beer that one should drink while watching a baseball game. It just, it's perfect. It's the perfect Pilsner taste. A light beer for when you're outside in the sun. A day game with a light day game plus light beer equals smiling Joe emoji. It's the original social media. You're meeting people. You're meeting people who share it in your sentiments against the Astros 
and we're all joining together in this shame tour. Before there was 150,000 people coming together on Brendan's Twitter feed, there was 150 or so people meeting in parking lots, sharing crisp pilsners, and discussing things that were important to them. We're going back old school, the original social media, Miller Lite. That's right, guys. When there's a great-tasting 96-calorie Miller Lite, friends should always come before followers. Here's to the original light beer. Here's to the original social media. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. I'm pretty stoked for that. Not going to lie, Andy. You know, once again, pun intended, baseball has left a bad taste in my mouth. But I am going to wash that bad taste out with some Miller Lite because as upset as I am at baseball right now, I'm like, God damn, a day game and a Miller Lite sounds really good. Sounds really refreshing. Really good. Yeah. That'll put a smile on my face pretty much any time. Then I'll get there. I'll run out of the Miller Lite. The net will be in my way. Some Astros player will hit a pitch he knows it's coming, and I'll just pull all my hair out. <laughs> well, we're talking money and donations that go fund me and what players make that's a good segue to discuss tony romo's new contract his renegotiation i should say a re-upping of his deal with cbs tony romo is now the highest paid broadcaster in the history of television he will make 17 million dollars a year i gotta know who tony romo's agent is because i'd like to send him my reel or something that that's it, it's Kind of unbelievable that Tony Romo is getting paid that much. What, like, was 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 there a a battle for Tony Romo? Like, that just seems like he's getting overpaid. And I say that in the kindest way because you know I'm a Tony Romo as a broadcaster fan. I appreciate Tony Romo's broadcasting so far. I'm I I love it. But was it was anybody offering him ten million? You know what I mean? Like, was he going somewhere? 17 seems like they're grossly overpaying him. Well, from what I... Bilbo has picked up the mic over there. Yeah. He hasn't looked up from the computer, but he has picked up the mic. Well, ESPN offered him a deal that would exceed $10 million. So I, I, CBS kind of highballed the $17 million, which I'm glad, too. I, I think that him and Nance got to stay together. That relationship still blossoming, has to continue. <laughs> still blossoming. <laughs> oh, Bilbo. Bilbo. Love it. Bilbo is heavily invested in the Romo-Nance it, it, it relationship. Also, also, I want Booger to stay. I, I want Booger to stay so, on see, Monday Night See, football. sometimes we got to cut off Bilbo before he can take. Like, he started, <laughs> great take, and then he's like, well, while I'm here, you need let, me throw in my Bil- let me throw in my Bilbo take. You, you need someone to laugh at on Monday Night Football because that guy is just humor. Football humor. Doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Can I say something? I, I actually kind of agree. From a social media standpoint, from a content standpoint, yes. Booger's good. Because I'm sitting here watching every game in the Smut Studio saying, what can I tweet out? What can I put out on Instagram? Because Booger is a train wreck. Now, from a viewership, pure football standpoint, not good. I mean, if we're, if we're just going for, like, people can't believe what a guy's saying on Monday Night Football, I say bring back Dennis Miller. Give me, give me my Dennis Miller back. 
That'll never happen. I know, but I mean, it, 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 just too early in the social media era. Like he, he was too early. He was the quotable Twitter content that he was serving up for us before. And now we've got Booger just Booger's essentially the Magic Johnson tweets of announcers, right? He just says some obvious shit. That's a great comparison. Yeah. Booger really is the Magic Johnson of Twitter in live form. Except yeah. for when he suggested um a team to spike the ball on fourth down. Yeah. He was a what, a defensive lineman Booger? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so in maybe I looked, uh, or according to the story, according to SportsTrack.com, Romo actually only made more than $17 million three times in his career. So the majority of his career, he made less than what he's making now as a color commentary guy. And that's, wow. Like you said, Romo's agent. Doing Unbelievable. Some, doing some good work. He, he's, yeah. he's earning that $1.7 million if he gets 10%. And I know there's been a list of player, list of notable players making less than Romo is this year, and like where he would rank in the quarterback, you know, pay right now if he was getting 17 million. Look, who's turning down more money? You know what I mean? And so good for CBS for paying him. Like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not my money. Who gives a shit? Yeah. What's you know to the CBS company? The difference between ten million and seventeen million annually is nothing. Yeah, it's nothing, but it is crazy. It just seems like they they were in a negotiation with themselves. Well, well, here's here's what here's what I read. I read a little farther into it. So CBS is owned by Viacom. Viacom actually does not have anywhere near the capital that ESPN has. Right. ESPN owned by ABC and Disney. They said Disney is so flush with cash right now. Because Disney owns Marvel and they own Star Wars. Yeah, and they own a, and a million other things. Exactly. Yeah. So the argument was that CBS had to keep him because they they had to overpay because they they needed that asset right to their brand. Sure. And and like Bilbo said, the the relationship is just blossoming. Now, where would you put our relationship at this point? Is our relationship blossoming or on, on a Nance Romo on the Nance Romo scale? It's not blossoming like there's because there what Romo's been doing this for what this is going to be his third year coming. This will be right? his third, yeah, this yeah, his third year. You guys are kind of you know married couple. You're getting into you know you past the honeymoon phase. No, I meant me and you personally. Oh, me and you? Yeah, not me. Yeah, you're the you're the young oh. upstart. Oh yeah, of course we're blossoming. We're, we're blossoming. Yeah, you know, like we have great ideas. We're doing things. You know, this whole Costco thing is kind of our baby that we're raising together. He loves the Andy goes to Costco. Not that I don't. I, I like it too. And we have a lot planned for this. I don't. I don't, don't want to spoil anything. But I mean, we're, we're gonna get to a. I need. I need some of the dark bowels of Costco to be. Uh, to be well. Sh- like, sh- I need sh- something. I need to know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't want to reveal everything, but there was some pillow talk last night, Joe. A deep discussion about. You, getting you involved, and uh, we for sure have started planning, and I'll tell you about it more after the show, an episode about Joey No Chill goes to Costco. Yeah, because I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I hate Costco. Yes. I hate big box anything. I hate Ikea. Ikea is my least favorite place on planet Earth. Yeah. I'd rather be in Yankee stadiums for a fucking Yankees-Red Sox game than I would be at Ikea. The Ikeas, the Costcos, the Targets of the world, anything where lots of people are together 
buying dumb shit they don't need and way too much of it yeah. really bothers me. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the talk about, you know, I, I feel like I've been Joey pretty chill lately, but Joey no chill definitely surfaces if I've got to go to Costco. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk more about it, but th- there's definitely some ideas uh, of getting you involved. Somber breaking news. Can I can I jump go for in? it? Not sports related, but I feel like it has to be mentioned, at least personally. I, I feel like it's James Lipton, longtime host of Inside the Actor's Studio, dead at 93. Oh, very sad news. Were you an Inside the Actor Studio guy? No, but I know he's legendary. Uh, I lo- that talk about a show that you, I just used to kill hours of back in the DVR days. Yeah, setting Inside the Actor Studio on the DVR, and going through to watch it. They haven't done it in a while, I imagine, because he's been sick, or maybe I just haven't had cable. But some, if you are not a, uh, if you are a little young for maybe Inside the Actor Studio. Go to your local video store and buy it or rent it and uh, find yourself some James Lipton inside the actor's studio. Some incredible moments on there uh, through the years with some actors, directors, all that stuff. Can we uh, can we pivot to some NBA talk? Sure. Just going to piss on James Lipton's grave like that. No, I, I just, you know, time constraints. OK, we got things to do. Sure. R.I.P. James Lipton. He would want us to pivot into NBA talk. OK. Let's do it. Giannis, James Harden beef. Do we? What do we make of it? Have you followed it? Well, I'm so I'm a little bit on James Harden's side here because it does seem like uh, Giannis took an. I'm a I'm a big defender of coming hard at somebody when they come at you with no provocation. I think no unprovoked attacks should be met with oh, massive oh, backfire. Oh. Okay, okay. Well, well, Giannis we might... unprovoked attacked James Harden. Fact or fiction? Well, here's what was said. During the NBA All-Star game when they were making their pick selection, Giannis made a joke about not selecting Harden, saying, I want somebody that's going to pass the ball. And then took Kemba Walker. Correct. Who, as James Harden pointed out, Averages less assists than James Harden. Well, this is what James Harden said in back. Responded. This is what he said word for word. I average more assists than him, I think. He told Rachel Nichols this last week. I don't see what the joke is. And then he went on to say this was the big quote. I wish I could be seven feet run and just dunk. That takes no skill at all. I got to actually learn how to play basketball and how to have skill. I'll take that any day. So he went hard in the paint back at Giannis. Well, I, I don't think anybody can argue that James Harden isn't one of the most skilled NBA players. Uh, the last few years that he's been in Houston, pre-Russell Westbrook, when they when they had the Capella or rotating cast of big men down, James Harden was up, right up there in the leaders for assists. Now, obviously, it's uh, Mike D'Antoni's Rockets ball that he's come up with, the, the latest crazy idea from Mike D'Antoni and like let's go all in on this is to play isolation basketball with now both James Harden and Russell Westbrook but I mean again yes he was joking but he kind of like it just first of all Giannis fucking in in drafting all-star teams I know it came down to a close game but LeBron drafted a way better team Giannis seemed to be drafting guy like there seemed to be no rhyme or reason to what Giannis was doing. 
Uh, he took Kemba Walker over Harden because so-and-so he wants him to pass. Was it a full-blown attack? Did he firebomb his country? No, but, you know, he fired one rocket into international territory. There's, and a, big, there's a big pun there. He fired a rocket. Yeah, he fired a rocket into, into international territory. Got a little too close to James Harden, and James Harden took it as an unprovoked attack and responded. I think no doubt about it, James Harden is a more skilled player than Giannis, but they're both great players. Uh, doesn't really have that much of a meaty beef because it's a West Coast or a Western Conference, Eastern Conference beef. I don't think they're going to meet and uh, be able to sort this out. But, uh, you know, it's good. NBA, NBA Twitter drama is the best drama, right? This was a lame one, I thought, though. I mean, this goes back to last year, though. MVP, um, the MVP race. Sure. You know, I mean, there was, uh, I mean, earlier in the year, there was Gian- Giannis throwing the ball at James Harden. Obviously, it was an accident, but I mean, had to go to concussion protocol afterwards. And then also with the All-Star game, Giannis saying that his whole offensive strategy was to attack James Harden. Well, look, dude, I look at it this way, guys. Giannis, he's obviously not a mean-spirited person. From everything we've seen, he's, we don't know that. We don't well, know. Okay, well, from everything I've seen, at least surface level, he's a fun-loving guy from Greece. He took a a dig in a joking manner, and James Harden took it way personally, in my opinion. Take all the other stuff out of it, and then fired back with this diatribe about skill, and no one's debating that, but. Maybe it maybe Bilbo is right. It goes back to the whole MVP thing. But that actually is a nice segue into this the discussion that you brought up before the show about this year's MVP and Giannis won the MVP last year. Giannis's numbers are far better this year. Yeah. He has the best team by far in the NBA this year. Yes. So but by all those measurements, you'd say, "Hey, Giannis got to be the MVP again." Sure. Now, you played a clip to me before the show with Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry saying, how can you not give it to LeBron? I'll let you take this I for mean, a second. Uh, 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 let's be honest. Here, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to repeat myself. I repeat myself in something that we have said on this show over and over and over through the years. The NBA MVP award is, t- is titled just that at this point, and that is who it's given to. It is not the most valuable player. It The MVP award now uh, may as well be the Heisman Trophy where it's the most outstanding player or something like that. Because when you talk about actual value, and I know I'm repeating myself to dirtballs who have been uh, who have been listening to this show for a long time. Le- LeBron has had the most valuable player award stolen from him 10 times in his career. I mean, LeBron James has, what, three league MVPs? Four league MVPs? Yeah. Uh, For a guy that's been the most valuable player in basketball for the last 12 seasons, Giannis is putting up numbers that are really freakish in terms of how all-around he is. Uh, Last night, he had 40 and 25 and 35 minutes. It's like the the, the least amount of time in a game anybody's ever done that. But again, when you look at the Bucs team and the Lakers team, just like when you look at the every Cavaliers team LeBron James has been on, how are the Cavs doing now? 
right? Like, where? what happened to the Cavs when LeBron James left? If Giannis, if you took Giannis off of the Bucks and you took LeBron James off of the Lakers, whose win-loss differential is hurt more? I'm going to say the Lakers. Really? Yes. I don't think the Lakers are a playoff team without LeBron James at all. Well, they probably aren't in the West, but if you look at VORP, the actual VORP, value over replacement player, right? We, we love our facts here, the VORP. Neither LeBron or Giannis are number one right now. Right. It goes James Harden, then Giannis, then Jokic, then LeBron. But if you look, I mean, just, just look at those teams in general. Like, if you look at the Houston Rockets and you take James Harden up. Now, James Harden is a guy who I have argued was the MVP in the league in a numerous seasons recently. I think that he deserved it over Russell Westbrook, whatever that was, three years ago. But if you take James Harden off of the Rockets right now, does Mike D'Antoni miss a beat just making the whole thing run through Russell Westbrook the whole time? And, like, how, whose value, whose team is hurt more through those three? Like, I think the Rockets are affected by far the least of those three teams if you took James Harden, Giannis, and LeBron James away. Now, if you put LeBron James on the Bucks, right? Like, th- like think about it that way. Like, I- I'm just talking about value to their actual team. No, I-, I get it. And obviously... I think the Bucks are a playoff team in the East. I think the Bucks are a whatever team without without Giannis, and I think that the it's it's t- other- look at look at the Lakers when LeBron James goes to the bench. No, it's a goddamn I, nightmare. Look, I know, and obviously I'm a LeBron guy, but Joe, it's tough to argue. The Bucks are 52 and eight. It's tough to argue if you switch LeBron with Giannis that they're any different record wise. That's fine. Agreed, right? That that's fine. That's a totally different like that, that's a different that, now discussion. We're ta- now we're talking about how teams change based on do you put LeBron James on that team? Like how how is their offense changing? What are they doing differently? Blah 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 blah. But honestly, when you look at that Bucks team and you look at the way that Bucks team shoots the three, if you add NBA assists leader. And in my opinion, greatest passer of all time across all positions. Is it crazy that they're better? I mean, they're fifty-two and eight. I understand. What are the Lakers? Forty-six and thirteen. So the Lakers have five more losses than a way deeper Bucks team in the West. Again, Giannis is the MVP of basketball this year for sure. But the MVP, no longer, in my opinion, and hasn't for a long time, stood for most valuable player. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's let's flip the script, okay? Let's talk about forget LeBron to the Bucks. Let's talk Giannis to the Lakers with this roster right now in the West. Do they have more or less than thirteen losses? I'd say more. Okay, so I think we agree. Well, because they're different positions. Obviously, LeBron's point guard. Right. Giannis is not. Yeah. And that and that's a huge factor. It's going to be a fun playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. The 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 Clippers are getting scarier and scarier as the days go by. Are you around this weekend? I am. 
playing poker on Friday night. Got a show on Saturday night, but oh, you I mean, a, I'm around. You have a show Saturday night. Yeah, I'll be at the Belly Store in the Comedy Room. Uh, belly Room. Belly Room at the Comedy Store for Bitch. Great Saturday show. Not sure what time that is. There's two shows. There's I'm like, just I'm just looking, you know. I'm I'm although we all know we can just do it whenever we want. I'm just thinking we should go live, call an NBA game soon. Well, what's this? What's the Sunday schedule? Sunday's big on the NBA national broadcast. Lakers at Clippers, twelve thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> that's me doing that jack off. Fucking. That's me doing the 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 policeman. Uh, Put fucking whacking it. Put that time code down, please. Yeah. Bro, what are we talking about here? Whoa, I don't know what's happening Saturday night, but it's not Clippers Lakers. Yeah, it's, what, what, uh, it's not a good one Saturday night. Who? It, where, who's the home team in that Clippers Lakers game? Clippers. Ooh. The only the only uh, wild card here is the Chris Wild card. Do I hit up Chris Wild and go, hey, get my ass into that game? Well. I like this game. It's a 12.30 Pacific time, and East Coast time is going to be a 3.30 let's Sunday. Let's go. Let, I'm, I'm not saying let's go. I'm saying let's go. Sunday. Yeah, let's go live for that. A little YouTube live sesh. A daytime? A little day drinking? Get you some cold Miller lights? <laughs> yeah. Is there a better beer for drinking during the day? No, definitely not. All right, there you have it. Three of us, maybe... Uh, Put out the bat signal. Oh, by the way, I, I love how your phone says potential spam. I got one of those on the show earlier. That's uh, I just I actually put my mom in my phone phone book as potential spam. Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, there you have it. You want to get to some dirtball calls? Yes. I think I think it's time, and I'm going to keep the NBA discussion uh, rolling with with our first dirtball call because uh, this was another no. beef. Oh. They're going to turn that off. This is another beef that um, I, I wanted to discuss, Joe. So let's pull this one up. What's up, Joe and Andy? This is Ethan, uh, number one hafter baller of State College, Pennsylvania. And uh, I wanted to call to ask you guys a question. I don't know if you guys have been talking about this or not on the show, but uh, last night, Trevor Ariza and Trey Young got into a little something in the uh, Hawks Blazers game where basically Trey Young nutmegged him. And uh, because he got nutmegged, Trevor Ariza basically shoved Trey Young to foul him. And then he, you know, talked to him and he was like, oh, don't ever do that to me again. And it was like a whole thing. And then, you know, so whatever. But I kind of see it everywhere on, on social media right now. People are kind of debating whether or not Trey Young was right to do that or Trevor Ariza was right to do that. Um, people are saying it's disrespectful that all this. To me, I think if you think that's disrespectful, uh, kind of a, a bitch move uh, to think that because, I mean, is it more disrespectful than, you know, James Harden crossing up Wesley Johnson and then staring him down? Is it more disrespectful than Allen Iverson stepping over Ty Lue? Uh, but people want to say it's disrespectful to nutmeg somebody. Uh, I think it's dumb, but I see people on both sides trying to say that, oh, the old school – you know, Trevor Ariza's right to shove Trey Young because he's trying to get embarrassed, all this stuff. So I want to hear what you guys think about that. And uh, condoms are for Sam Tripoli, of course. See you later. Nice. That's condoms for Sam Tripoli. That's a fun one. Go Lions. Can I, uh, 
Can I make a confession real quick? Sure. I had no clue what nutmeg meant. Oh, my God. Do you, do you not know? Did you just look it up? I looked it up before the show. I listened to the call. I had no clue. You can say, oh, my God, and my whiteness is showing and all that. Jeez. And I'm not, what, whatever, I guys. Mean, it's not even your whiteness. It's like more your age, I think. It's probably age and yeah. my whiteness. Um, Which is funny because this really is a generational divide question. And you sort of, you are a, you are a fence sitter. On the on the millennial fence. Well, according to Bilbo, uh, you're a millennial every day. I mean, according according to facts only, you're a millennial. Yeah, man, you're 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 the, now the you pilot are... of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Hyperspace shots fired over there. There you go. A uh, Bilbo shot first. <laughs> I, I do have a take on this. Um, I'm a fan of the nutmeg. Yeah. So, if you've ever played ball with me, if you've ever been Fortunate enough to play ball with me on the Venice Beach courts. Bilbo knows this because I've tried it on him before. I'm a fan of the nutmeg. The fact that this is considered keyword tried. Yeah, I, he actually he, he got it on me. Like 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 he stopped me. He stole it. The fact that this is considered like taboo or wrong. I don't think it's considered taboo or wrong. It's, it's considered disrespectful, but that's part of the. It is disrespectful, but no, that's but but that's part of doing it. When you when you when you cross a guy over and they fall down and you stare at them or you give them the come up, you are disrespecting them on purpose. Now I think dribbling that, through their legs. I so come here, on. Here's the thing: you do it to embarrass a guy. You do it to show a guy. Up. Now I think again the generational divide here between Trevor Ariza and Trey Young is. Trey Young is full millennial and is full like, oh, we don't, you know, these days you can nutmeg people and nothing happens. Back in the day, it was definitely considered a sign of disrespect. You don't fucking do it. Like, it's not that you don't do it. It's just here's what's going to happen. I, I think both of these guys are 100% right here. Uh, Trevor Ariza wasn't about to be embarrassed by Trey Young doing it. So he gave him a fucking shoulder to the neck. No harm, no foul. Like, I, I, I don't have a problem with either sides of this. Um, it's, again, a generational divide. You're going to try to do it. I'm going to deck you. I think what, what Trevor Ariza going up to Trey Young post-game and telling him, hey, man, not, not me. You're not going to do it to me is what it is. Like, I... I I'm on both sides here. Trey Young can try to do whoever he wants. Just be careful that the guy you're, you're trying to do it to ain't the kind of guy who's fine with taking a fucking hard foul. But explain this to me. Why is this disrespectful? It's a part of the game. How is dribbling through a guy's leg any different than a crossover? I just don't understand that. Because you're, I mean, it just is. Play it's, fucking defense. It's an effective move, in my opinion, especially for someone like Trey Young, who's a little guy. And, you know, you have to find ways to create space on the floor. If you're tall, if you're a tall defender on Trey Young. What was the final you, score of that uh, uh, Hawks-Rockets game? I don't know. Well, we're going to find out. Yeah. And then I'm going to make a point regarding. Was it Hawks-Rockets? Yeah. Or, it was Haw or sorry, who's Ariza play for these days? I don't even know. I don't even fucking know either, honestly. Where is Trevor? Why am, why am I blanking on where Trevor Ariza is? Why, why does the score matter? I will tell you when we get when we get the final score. Which which game was this, by the way? 
Is this last night? No, this is like four days ago. <laughs> I must have missed this. Okay. Blazers. Blazers, correct. So we don't even know. We don't even know which day it was. Why does it matter? So here's the point. The one foul that Trevor Ariza took in this game was not the difference in this game. Hawks won by 12. So the, the one foul that Trevor Ariza took, this did not come down to this one foul. So when you say it's a good move, well, it's a good move for Trey Young because he got the ball through his leg, but then he took a shoulder to the neck. So I don't like I don't know if you asked Trey Young looking back if that was a good move for him. So the again, this is it is something that on the basketball court in history, it's a it's a globetrotters move. It's a move you do like it's like saying it's like saying if uh James Harden had the ball at the top of the key and he fake passed it to somebody and like rolled it down his arms and did the fucking, you know, the thing from the super or whatever it was like that. It wouldn't be disrespectful. It would, uh, you know, hanging on a rim above a guy or like grabbing your nutsack or stepping over them. It's just, they're just universal signs of disrespect. Now I, I, I just disagree to me, to me, those ones you mentioned are far more egregious than dribbling through a guy's leg. Trevor Ariza disagrees with you. Okay, that's fine. And he can. Yeah, and he does. And he did. And, again, it it's really just a matter of... I can't wait to nutmeg some guy. It it doesn't matter. Like, you go nutmeg all you want. Like, it's, to me, again, I'm I'm the kind of player where I'm like, go for it, dude. I'm You're, you're not nutmegging me. Unlikely that you're going to nutmeg me. Unlikely anybody fucking I ever played basketball. I actually with this think game. I have nutmegged you before, Prano. And and honestly, if you have nutmegged me before, I have a feeling it didn't end in a basket. It probably didn't. Right. So like then there's the other then there's the whole other thing of wh- whether or not you're allowing somebody to do their like that was the that was always the thing with EJ when we would play. I'm like, hey man, do all your fucking around the backs and you're through the legs and you're whatever. Like, I cannot wait for you to finally attempt to shoot this. Like, I'm going to let you do whatever you want and and be a fucking circus clown. And then I'm going to pin your shit. So Trevor Ariza finds it disrespectful and he handled it the way he handled it. And it seems like everybody's fine with it. Trey Young didn't complain. Trevor Ariza was like, not on my watch, dog. And he was like, I got you. I, I I don't think this was a beef. I think it is a move in history to embarrass somebody. And I'm not going to be embarrassed. It's the pimping homers of basketball, essentially. Okay. okay. Which doesn't bother me either. Right. So maybe. And meanwhile, there's a maybe, thousand guys who are throwing at people. So maybe Bilbo's right. Maybe I am more millennial than I in think. In this case, you you for sure are. This is this is a and this is an NBA generational divide. This is a guy who's been in the league how long now? 15 years, 16, 16 years. years, and a guy who's been in the league that like that is the entire miscommunication here. This is not happening between a guy who played 6 years and a guy who played 9 years. This is a guy who's been in the league fucking 2 years, 3 years and a guy who's been in the league 16. This is a millennial non-millennial NBA divide. Trevor Ariza? More like Trevor a boomer. <laughs> All right, Mike's been turned off again. I thought we agreed yeah. that he, he, had to put, he had to get permission for these things. All right, let's get to the next call. Here's a millennial that is very worked up. 
Tyler Aronofsky calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, one of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. And I just got done listening to the most recent podcast, episode 602. Um, and I am truly baffled. It's been in my head. Uh, how the fuck do people get away charging 6.95 for a slice of pizza? I mean, I, I was fucking appalled. Obviously, I'm from New Jersey. Joe's from New York City. Some of the best pizza in the world. The, the $5 for two plain slices and a soda or a fountain drink is spot on. And I've been to, you know, all the, the great pizza spots in, in New York City and Manhattan and some of the most expensive real estate in the country. Um, and, and you never see a fucking $7 slice of pizza. So I need more information on this. Is I know that the real estate, I know that that's an expensive spot right there on the boardwalk. I get it. Trust me. But I, I when I was there in Venice in December when I killed that hooker at Prano's apartment, um, Allegedly, I, I ate food on the boardwalk, and nothing was that overpriced. So this better be some fucking fantastic pizza, which I highly doubt it is. Or, or they just know that they can just fuck people. Is that what it is? Is it more tourists? Do any locals go to this spot? I honestly want to fly back there and burn the fucking place to the ground. That makes me absolutely fucking disgusted, fucking disgusted, as an as a pizza eating American that they're allowed to do business like that. Absolutely fucking horrible. Oh, my God, I hope they fucking get coronavirus to everyone that eats there that thinks that it's okay. Oh, yeah, seven bucks for a slice. I hope all those fucking people die, too. Absolutely horrible. Prano, do something for us, man. I'm sure that all these East Coast listeners, fucking Jacob Bruder, oh, my God, he's probably a little pissed off, too. But he's probably the dumb fuck that would go over there. Oh, my God, $7 for a pepperoni must be great. Fuck. Collins are for that place. Fucking kill yourselves. I mean, look, he he's... Kyle is a New Jersey resident, uh, New Jersey probably second only to New York in pizza dominance. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, Jersey's got some incredible fucking pizza spots as well. Like, Jersey's got some hella good pizza spots. So it, I understand his anger. Which and, was my anger. Which is your anger, and I 100% agree. And I think to answer uh, Kyle's question— Yes, this is a tourist. This is stealing from tourists. Well, let me explain. You know, the the pot shop that's on Abbot Kinney overcharges. Let me just explain. Yeah. It, it's not technically on the boardwalk. So, Pretty damn close, though. So It's in a hotel. Hotel Irwin, which is directly across the street from me on Pacific Avenue. You know, it's, it's a very high-end boutique hotel. They have a rooftop. You know, rooms go for 300 to $350 a night. It's not cheap. It is... One of those places where I'm sure the margins on the beers on their rooftop are just as crazy. They are. You know, you go up there on the rooftop. It's a beautiful view of the beach of the city. At least you're paying for the view, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with Kyle. This is how frustrated I was. I didn't. I'm trying not to wish as many evil things as he did. Uh, but I was. I was just as offended. So I've pulled up this article that we have on the place. They had a soft opening last week. They are officially opening today, March 2nd. This is what they offer. It describes it as a L.A.-style pan pizza, 5-by-5-inch slabs of crunchy, hearty-but-light, flavorful pizza with locally sourced toppings, including traditional cheese, pepperoni, and seasonal farmer's market finds. Very L.A. shit right there. Um, So basically, it's a square-inch slice of pizza made by this chef, and I'm reading the article here, and we're looking at the pictures, and as we can all see, it's not a big slice of pizza. Again, 4.95 yeah. 
for a cheese slice and $6.95 for a slice of pepperoni. And I agree. This is absolutely egregious. And that's why, and I already said it last episode, I am taking matters just like the Astros into my own hands. You're supporting this. Uh, Our friend Guy Fiorito, who's been on the show, is supporting this. People are supporting what I'm going to do. And when you and when you have Italians behind your behind you, you know you're doing the right thing. Exactly. Prano, Fiorita, Delessandro. These 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 are the people that you need in your corner when you fight the the pizza wars. So this is what we're going to do. Nick and I are going to go to Costco. This is going to be an episode. I'm just going to let them know. An episode of Andy goes to Costco. I'm going to get a shit ton of large, extra large Costco pizzas, which for anybody who doesn't know, their 18-inch large pizzas are $9.95, and they're massive. An extra large pizza, $9.95. I'm going to buy those large slices or those large pizzas. I'm going to set up a stand next to this window. This is a window of the hotel, and I'm going to hand out free slices of Costco pizza to troll this place because I agree with Kyle and and I know what you're saying this whole thing with tourists but see here's what they could have done Joe what they could have done is they could have made it reasonable for locals forget that it's pizza this is this is like when people ask me the best burger it's like if your burger costs more than twelve dollars I'm out you're I ain't eating a fucking steak I'm eating a burger your burger needs to be cheap. Oh, the best burger in the world is that blah, 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 blah. No. If it's fucking, I don't give a shit if there's gold nuggets on it. It's a hamburger. Pizza at six ninety five is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I understand that they're trying to make nice pizza. They're trying to make great pizza. They're trying to make whatever. And that they're doing this tourist thing. But it's it's just, you can't serve me six ninety five pizza. You have Cross the threshold where I don't care if it sucks my fucking dick. It's not you're no, you're past the threshold. We're not talking about like I've gone to there's a sushi spot in the valley where like me and my sister spent like $120 each on fucking sushi lunch. And yeah, it it licked my balls like it. It blew. It was mind blowing. But sushi is not pizza. Sushi has no cap on it yeah. there is no cap on how fancy sushi it there's no cap on how f- like if you tell me hey man this steak is a hundred dollar steak i'm gonna i'm gonna try it this steak is 65 dollars and it's just as good okay i like the cheaper option you have a cap on pizza and a cap on a slice of pizza i mean we are talking a slice of pizza we're talking about toppings galore like five dollars the absolute limit the absolute limit you can't cross $5. And even that, you're already in the realm of like, this better fucking suck my dick. Uh, for people who come to Venice, I mean, I have a friend who runs a pizza place in Venice, South End. Their pies are 13 to 15 to $16. Pies with all kinds of good shit on it. You know? Fresh fucking prosciutto. Fresh mozzarella. Fresh all that, like all the good shit. Go to South End and eat real pizza made by an Italian man, not some fucking tourist trap on the beach. That is literally this is one of those things where they're just trying. They have figured out or they think they've figured out this price point that's going to make them the most money. By by the way, he's not Italian. The guy who's making this. I know. No shit. 
Because he, because he, no, because he. They have this in quotes known as the pizza guy, N- Noel, Noel Broner. Broner. How do you spell that? I don't feel like putting the whole. Th- I mean, it's B R O H N E R. You know, a Broner. It's disrespectful. I want to go up to him and be like, bro, nerd, what are you doing? Well, how's this going to play out? I'm going to set up. I like that you're taking things in your own hands here. I like that you're going to give it out. And honestly, I think when I, I think the the when we talk to uh, Brendan about the end game here, you have to have an end game too. I agree. That is beyond trolling this pizza place. And I think that the end game here has to be a conversation. It is. Somebody coming out and saying, why are you doing this? And, and you ex- say, I live across the street. I saw a pizza sign go up. And I was, I ex- was ecstatic. Exactly. And then I found out that you were charging six ninety five for pizza, which is unacceptable. I don't care what you're putting on it. It is a combination of bread and cheese and sauce and toppings. You're stealing from people. Yeah. For trying to charge six ninety five. Explain yourself or I shall stand out here and give out Costco pizza for free. Make your make pizza fucking cheap again. Yeah. No, I agree. And and you're hundred percent right. I, I was they've had the sign up there for no lie months. Venice Way Pizza. And the thought, especially working late nights, the thought of just being able to walk, you know this, Joe. The thought of being able to because there is a void for late night pizza spots in Venice. The thought of being able to walk across the street. When you're working late and say, I'm kind of hungry at 11 or at midnight, get a slice or two of pizza. But not for $7. You you want me to spend $14 on two slices of pepperoni? When when I can go to Costco and get an 18-inch large for $9.95? No, get out of there with that stuff. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Anna Maria Pizza, late night pizza spot off the Bedford Avenue L-Stop where I would get off. You walk in. You go out there. There's a guy in there. For here to stay. Next, please. He would always. That was the thing when you go. Next, please. And then he would always. Because uh, it was. It, he was a bit of a pizza Nazi. Yeah. He'd always. Next, please. And then he would ask you. For here to stay. Which is the same thing. So people get very confused. And they'd be like. Uh, what, uh, to, to go? I'm on their menu right now. $17 pizza. Which, by the way, is gigantic. Special pies. That they used to do. Like a grandma's pie. Whatever. $28. Regular slice two fifty, Sicilian slice three dollars extra, meaning, you know, you're putting something extra on is a buck. Special slices, that's when they're getting fans. Special slices. This is what this guy's doing. Special slices, four dollars. Two fifty for a regular slice, which means two dollars and fifty cents, two slices, and a fucking fountain drink for five dollars. They're they're crushing the late night pizza game because people are going in there and going two slices. Two slices, two slices, two slices. The idea of me going here on a drunken walk home from the townhouse or Hanano or something and getting two slices for $13. 14 Ridiculous. I would never do it. Yeah, it's absurd. Completely absurd. It's reckless. It's uh, disgusting. And I like that you're taking things into your own hands, and you have my backing as an Italian man, and I hope that your end game is to have a, a meaningful conversation with this guy and say— this is offensive. It is. It is. It's to explain my frustration as a local. I I think it should be, I will support your pizza place. If you lower the prices. prices. Yes. And and, and I, that's the truth. And, and my thing, it's funny that you should say this. You know what's right next door to that? 
is egg slut. And I have a new thing. I, I, I made a conscious decision recently. I'm yelping more, but I want, to, I want more positivity in the world. I'm only doing positive Yelp reviews because too many Yelp reviews, people go on and just shit on some place where they sure. had a bad experience. But I yelped uh, egg slut. And Excellent is the only time I've ever given anything a three-star review because how is you know like why even review something if it's neither here nor there? But when I went on, I yelped Excellent, and I said, "Here's the, I love your sandwiches." And guess what? Excellent bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches, hella overpriced. But they're they're trying to do the, you know, fancy fucking bacon, egg, and cheese game. And every do I go there all the time? No. Do I go there occasionally when I'm like, you know what? I'm going to splurge. Yes, I do. But they charge $4 for a 10-ounce cold brew. No refills. That's where I draw the line. I'll pay your $8 fucking bacon, egg, and cheese every once in a while. But I'm not paying $4 for a small cold brew, and I'm not getting any refills? What the fuck is happening here? And I went on and I yelped. I said that very thing. Fix your fucking cold brew price. I'm coming here. I've already bought into I'm going to over fucking pay for a bacon egg and cheese. Fix your fucking coffee price. It's coffee. So I'm getting some fucking of these Costco cold brews. And that day that you're doing that, I'm handing them outside excellent. We're fucking changing the whole goddamn neighborhood. You can get a 10-pack of cold brew at Costco for $12.99. Let's go. Free cold brew. All right. Guys, if you have any calls... The hotline is 310-359-8365. There you have it. We're changing the world. We're changing the baseball game. We're changing the coffee game. We're changing the pizza game. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Put those notifications on when you subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow me at Andy Ruther. Follow Joe at Joe Prano on IG and at Fix Your Life. And Joe Prano on Yelp. Do we have Twitch set up, Nick? I made a Twitch yesterday. You did? For myself. Okay, that doesn't do anything for the show, but... Uh, At Nick Dale. When, when are we creating a Twitch for Dirty Sports? Well... Today! Yeah, like, you know, all I have to do is, like, you know, I'm setting it up with my username and all my email stuff, so it'll be under... It'll be under my email, but I'll change all the my the name and the. Well, we'll talk after the show. I, I got to take Joe to the doctor, so... All right. We'll, we'll have that figured out. All right, guys. That is the show. Thanks for the support. Never pay $7 for a slice of pepperoni. That's just absolutely ridiculous. And uh, support people who do charge good prices for food and yeah. pizza. You know what I did yesterday, Andy? I, got a, I, I, I was stuck at home, and I wanted to go. I had a craving for two things. I had a craving for a burger, and I had a craving for wings. And I hit you up, and I said, yeah. I'm craving a little B-dubs. Yeah. I need a little Asian zing in my life. Uh, after I watched Shia LaBeouf on Honey Boy, I was like needing a little Shia LaBeouf content. So I watched Shia LaBeouf on, uh, Hot Ones and then I was craving wings. I wanted to go to, uh, wanted to go to, um, B-dubs. B-dubs. You were unavailable. You had two dates yesterday. Maybe. Okay. And, uh, but I was also craving a burger. And so I ordered from the window, the window over on Rose because- yesterday? Yeah, I was there yesterday. Well, I actually. Oh, nice. You went. I. I wish. See, we have to communicate more, Bilbo, because yeah. I. I ordered. I ended up paying an upcharge for Uber Eats because I was stuck in. Gotcha. You know, I would have paid you the delivery fee. Right. Um. But I did that because double cheeseburger is what four ninety five. Four ninety five. Five. Yeah. 
five bucks, something like that, for fries, a double cheeseburger. Fries a little overpriced, but yeah. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not really a like when I d- I did fries yesterday. Uh, are we gonna t- can we wrap up the show? I know you guys are talking food, but great example of a place, <laughs> delicious, cheap. So now when I think I'm craving a burger, I go, what's delicious and cheap? Yeah, the window. That's the way window. you gotta go. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Broner, Irish descent. Okay, we'll put this guy on blast. I, all right, guys, that's the show. Much love, Dirtballs. Have a great week. And most importantly, without a doubt, never forget, stay dirty.